Hey, welcome to the podcast, everyone, Centuries and Saints. This is Scott back with you here. Now, I want to, first of all, acknowledge that it's been a while since uh, I've done one of these episodes. It's uh, been a very busy season of life, uh, finishing up my second year of seminary and doing some pretty intense and some advanced Greek, as well as other courses. It just took up all my time, and I love it, so I'm not complaining, but that's why it has been several months since we've done this. But I'm back now, and I'm excited to continue digging into church history as we have been looking at the patristic age of the church. Now, what I want to do for this episode is I want us to take a look at another very famous church father, a man from the fourth century named Athanasius. Now, Athanasius was born by way of a little bit of history here in Alexandria, Egypt, sometime between 296 and 298 AD. So right at the end of the third century. And he died in Alexandria on May 2nd, 373, which means that he lived to about 75 to 77 years of age, quite a long life for that time. Now, also, Athanasius was the 20th bishop of Alexandria. And his time as bishop lasted for 45 years. So he was the bishop for 45 years. And this is the interesting thing about Athanasius. He spent 17 of those years in exile. Now, he was exiled five different times by four different Roman emperors. And so that's why one of the phrases you'll hear when you hear about Athanasius or you read about him is Athanasius contramundum. And contramundum is just a simple Latin phrase, which means against the world. Now, Athanasius was a man who truly stood against the world. One of the things for which he's very well known is that he was one of the bishops who attended the first council of Nicaea in 325 AD. Okay. Now, when he attended the council, he was an assistant bishop, assistant to one of the bishops, but he was there. And while Athanasius was there, he helped lead the charge against the heretic Arius and his doctrine of Arianism, which denied the eternality of the son of Christ. And through his life, Athanasius would go on to continue to defend the Orthodox Christian Church's doctrine of the deity of Christ, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, is one God in three persons, and each person is co-equal, co-eternal, uh, co-substantial. And so Athanasius was very, very instrumental in helping lead the charge against Arianism for Orthodox Trinitarianism. Now, the thing with Athanasius here that's interesting to me, one of the things that's interesting to me, I should say, uh, is the fact, again, that he took such a mighty stand for Orthodox Christian doctrine. As I said, during his 45 years as a bishop, he spent a total of 17 years in exile, exiled five separate times by four different Roman emperors. He really, really had skin in the game. He really stood for the truth and for what he believed. Today, 
Uh, Athanasius is regarded as one of the four great Eastern doctors of the church, and the Eastern Orthodox Church has given him the title Father of Orthodoxy. And he is very well respected, again, by the Eastern Orthodox Church as well as the Roman Catholic Church. And pretty much any theologian, any Christian of any tradition who knows Athanasius and knows who he was will respect him. Because, again, he was such an instrumental figure in the preservation of orthodoxy, of Christian doctrine. Reverend Ken Jones, he wrote an article on Athanasius. And it's really interesting because for Athanasius, one of the main things was in what were in his day, the current controversies, how those things related to the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. That was Athanasius's uh, sort of skin in the game. That's what he really cared about, you know, which is why he so vehemently opposed Arianism and Arius. Uh, because anyone who denies the divinity of the son is committing blasphemy and heresy and is not a Christian. And so Athanasius was very, very passionate about this. Second thing that we pick up from Athanasius here, and we look at this when we look at what he did at the Council of Nicaea and the fact that he so championed uh, orthodoxy, is that as Christians, we are called to unity. And we know that. We see that from our Lord's Prayer in John 17, in other places where our Lord exhorted the apostles and his disciples, you know, to love one another. And we are exhorted to unity. Now, with that being said, unity cannot come at the expense of the truth. And what we mean by that is just like Athanasius, Athanasius did not capitulate to the Arians, to those promoting Arianism and that heresy. You know, Athanasius did not just say, well, you know, uh, they're completely denying Christ and they are committing horrible heresy, but for the sake of unity, it's okay. We'll just let it go, you know, hey, we're all one, right? Athanasius didn't do that. He realized where certain lines have to be drawn and he took a stand for the truth. And that's something that we see and that we can learn from Athanasius and a lot of these early church fathers <clears throat> is that unity, yes, is essential and so important, but we cannot have unity with those who go on to deny the fundamental basics and doctrines of the Christian faith. So an example of modern day Arianism today is Mormonism and also the Church of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, who all honor Christ by name, but they deny his deity. They do not believe that he is God. And so what we can learn from Athanasius in our own day, as we think about those two particular groups, and there are others as well, uh, you know, groups that claim to be Christian, but deny this fundamental aspect of the faith is yes, we are called to love them, but we are not united with them theologically and spiritually. And we do not claim them as part of the true Christian church. Uh, and we don't compromise you know, with them and pretend like we're all just one big happy family. We don't do that. You know, we do take a stand, an uncompromising stand uh, for the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is one thing that we do not compromise on. There are many secondary issues, of course, uh, over which we can disagree and even debate, but we don't divide. Okay. But there are a handful of issues over which we truly will when necessary, divide, and we will not have unity. 
And when a group or a person comes along and denies the very deity of Christ himself, uh, that is a person or a group with which uh, we cannot have true fellowship because they are not within the scope of the true Christian faith. Now, Arius, uh, this man who, who promoted this cause of heresy, he would go on to be promoted. <clears throat> and that would lead to one of the exiles that Athanasius experienced in the year 335. Now, that was his first exile. That was two years before the death of the emperor Constantine. Okay, so Athanasius would be returned shortly thereafter, but again, he would go on to be exiled four more times. And so these things that we learn from Athanasius is just, he was absolutely uncompromising and unwavering in his regard for and his teaching of the truth of the Christian faith. Uh, Again, this would be a tough life, being constantly opposed, being exiled several different times. That would be a very, very difficult thing to have to endure. But Athanasius would not give up and he would not give in or compromise. When it came to these issues, he was steadfast in the faith. And so I think we can all learn some great things from Athanasius here. It's interesting studying his life. It's interesting to see, again, just the tenacity that he had for the truth of of Christ and of true Christian doctrine. It really is incredible to see how faithful he was to the Lord, to the faith, to the gospel, and to the church. It's really commendable, uh, a wonderful example for us to emulate. And as the Apostle Paul said, you know, to follow me, imitate me as I follow Christ. I think we could also say the same of Athanasius. Uh, He's a great example for all of us. And so, again, Athanasius contra mundum, standing against the world, uh, standing for the truth, once for all delivered to the saints, the faith, as Jude says in his letter. Okay, so to wrap up here about Athanasius, a couple other quick things here. In the year 367, he wrote a letter, which many scholars believe he wrote on Easter, uh, which contained for the first time the list of books to be in the New Testament canon, uh, the list that we use today, 27 books, Matthew through Revelation. Now, other lists had been made, uh, which included these books as well as some of the apocryphal and um, pseudepigraphal books, Uh, but this was the first list that at least we know of now which contained the 27 books that we have in our New Testament and no others. And so uh, we as well owe that to Athanasius. So as you can see, it goes, uh, you know, without repeating that Athanasius made some incredible contributions to the church, which continue down uh, into our day today. But again, I just want to hold him up as an incredible example of faithfulness to Christ, of faithfulness to the gospel, to the church, to the truth, And again, Athanasius, a brother in Christ whom we can all benefit from and that we can all really glean a lot from as we study his life. And so, hey, thanks for joining me for this episode of Centuries and Saints. Again, that was an overview of the life and the times of St. Athanasius, one of the early Eastern Church fathers. So I hope you've enjoyed our time together. 
And hey, if you think about it, go to iTunes and give us a rating and write us a review. It just kind of helps to get the word out a little bit. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd appreciate that. As well, uh, you can visit my website, www.scottwmatson.com. And there you can find other little things I've written. You can find links to other teachings and shows uh, and, and my book and just some information there as well. So check that out if you're so inclined. And may God bless you and keep you. Thanks for tuning in. 